We're rolling. All right. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Bodybuilding.com podcast. It's a beautiful fall day here in Boise, Idaho. Trees are turning yellow and dropping weight like contest prep around here. <laughs> How long have yeah. you thought of that one? <laughs> five whole minutes. Yep. I wrote that down five whole minutes ago. It was, it was good. all about it was the catabolism of autumn. <laughs> it's like a T.S. Eliot poem. Uh, I'm Nick Coleus, one of the editors of Bodybuilding.com, and to my right is Dr. Chrissy Kendall here to punch holes in everyone's most cherished fitness beliefs. Hello, hello. Across the table, we've got none other than IFBB pro bodybuilder, animal athlete Evan Centapani. Hey, what's going he on? He is um, not catabolic. <laughs> He's growing. <laughs> As we speak, right now. It's kind of Chrissy and I taped together with our heads for his biceps, I think. <laughs> Um, if, if you don't know, Evan, if you've ever seen a, um, a black and white video of a big bodybuilder shopping in New Jersey, there's about a one in eight chance that it's him. If there were any vegetables in the cart, it was definitely him. It was probably <laughs> something about Something about vegetables in you. That's just kind of how we associate you. Is, he's the guy who thinks vegetables are the fourth macronutrient. Right. How much are you eating on a daily basis? There's like no other bodybuilders who eat vegetables. So like, yeah. oh, you're the guy who likes vegetables. <laughs> really, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it that um, out of the ordinary? But... Um, on a daily basis, definitely with every meal, mm-hmm. uh, with the exceptions sometimes of breakfast, which, you know, if it's uh, mm-hmm. eggs and oatmeal, mm-hmm. spinach or something that doesn't really go so well with it. But mm-hmm. with all animal protein meals, you know, whether it's chicken, fish, steak, et cetera, uh, there's always some type of vegetable. In there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I cannot eat animal protein without a vegetable. Really? I just, ugh, it's just. Oh, gross. okay. So actually so, your, your taste yeah, rebels so, against it. That's yeah. Is it more of like a texture thing or do you feel like you're just missing something like a component to your meal because you don't have the vegetable? Well, think about this. How many people drink some form of, of liquid with a meal, right? Mm-hmm. They need to have to most people, which is really not good for digestion because you know, you don't want to go diluting enzymes, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, and I think that if you have vegetables in your meal, you don't need to drink with a meal because the vegetables add just the right amount of liquid and fiber and whatnot to allow everything to go down. So what I tell people is if you feel the need to drink with a meal, chances are you just don't have enough vegetables in there. Mm-hmm. And if once you do, usually you'll find you add some vegetables to it. Your digestion will actually improve because, you know, the the impact of those enzymes is actually much greater now. Mm-hmm. But you're, but that only works if you chew the vegetables. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, no, that actually is an interesting thing. You should chew your food mm-hmm. well. I mean, it just gives it more surface surface ex- exposure, and um, it's already mm-hmm. partially digested at that point. But you're not you're not talking about like a little side salad either, though. I've seen this video. We just have a we have a big video series coming out with Evan called um, Let's see, it's Iron Intelligence, his twelve uh, week muscle building plan, and in the nutrition video of that, they follow you around for a day and watch every meal you eat, watch you prep, uh, watch you shop for meat, go out in your garden. And it's, yeah, th- these aren't like, you know, um, a little McDonald's salad on the side or a little, uh, yeah. this is this is a lot of kale, right? I eat a lot of kale. Lately, I've been into cabbage. Oh, hey, cabbage um, is great. Mm-hmm. Cru- cruciferous vegetables in general, I think, are, are a good choice. Um, bodybuilders love broccoli for whatever mm-hmm. reason, but it's so boring. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but Especially if you steam it. Like, there's just, it's yeah. okay. You know, but there's so much stuff out there and it's mm-hmm. like open up your, you know, open up your eyes and try something something different. Right. Well, and maybe, maybe it's, uh, do you feel feel like people are maybe sort of trapped by their um, association of vegetables with carbs somehow? Yeah, maybe. I think most people are just trapped to the association of just vegetables when they were kids. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say broccoli and asparagus. Those are like the two that we always see over and over and over. If you're going to have mm-hmm. vegetables... With your lean protein, it's one of those two. Like, don't go anywhere else. Stick right. with those two. Yeah, why Why those two? I don't know how they got their foothold in bodybuilding, but they, yeah. they did. Yeah, and aspar- asparagus in particular, just because when you eat a lot of asparagus, it doesn't feel good. No. No, and it's actually, and I don't know how true this is, but some the naturopathic perspective on it is that too much asparagus actually will irritate the kidneys. I don't know if that's true No, it is not. true. Well, it is, is a natural diuretic, so yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't yeah. think it's really good to consume it on probably a, a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and Nick and I were talking about this while we were walking over, but like, I love vegetables and everything about it. Um, I have my own garden. Mm-hmm. 
we're actually talking about, um, we're going to uh, chat with you about gardening and stuff, but just the whole, like picking out vegetables, trying new recipes, trying all sorts of, you know, growing, the, growing yeah. them and doing that. And it goes so much beyond, I don't grow my own broccoli or asparagus. I grow peppers. I grow squash. I grow tomatoes. I mean, broccoli, just, broccoli kind of sucks right. to grow. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's when one, that's you, one I when like you, somebody else yeah, to grow. Yeah. <laughs> but when you limit your headspace to think like those are the only vegetables that you can have or that those should be, you know, just a side dish. You can make an entire meal or the main part of your meal out of squash and then, you know, add to that. But it's just. I mean, to be totally honest, I mean, if if I weren't a bodybuilder and my protein requirement wasn't what it was, you could, I would easily probably make a couple meals out of the day, vegetable based. Um, Mm -hmm. Even mushrooms. Mushrooms are great. I actually got these, um, this is very cool. I cut down an oak tree. Uh, last year, mm-hmm. it's the the trunk is still down. I propped it up when I cut it so that it was slightly elevated off the ground, and I bought inoculation plugs um, for shiitake mushrooms. Mm-hmm. So you have to go around the, the tree and drill sure. a bunch of holes in it and pound the plugs in. Um, and I can't wait to grow some mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I, I mean, I've only had dried shiitake mushrooms. I think I don't know what the, what the fresh equivalent would taste like. Even I'm so often think oh some some vegetables you grow them in a garden they taste about like they normally do but some of them what you go this is a whole different deal like a carrot a fresh carrot yeah. is so different you know, you know and interestingly because you know, people say oh well mushrooms who cares how much protein is in mushrooms but you know there's uh just just recently someone sent me a link to a, a patented or, or some type of uh you know novel ingredient that was comprised of some different types of mushrooms designed to boost vo2 Mm-hmm. Output. Mm-hmm. So I think that the link between health and performance is, in appearance, is actually much more intertwined than people mm-hmm. care to, to realize. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't want this to necessarily be the vegetables and bodybuilding podcast, <laughs> but I do want to ask you one more question because in this nutrition video, I think it's you that refers to vegetables as kind of the fourth macronutrient. I was wondering how your how your views on that changed over time, or from because you've been you know lifting bodybuilding since you were a teenager, right? right. How, how your how your views on nutrition like that have grown um, to to that point, which is that's an interesting hook. Like consider it a whole other category. Yeah, I mean not not because look, you don't need vegetables to get bigger and stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, at least it's not as pertinent maybe as you know your your intake of fats and carbohydrates mm-hmm. and proteins. But that said, I mean there's such a valuable source of of micronutrients, and anyone who and this is the argument that I make, so many people use supplements mm-hmm. and rightfully so i love supplements i'm a big believer in supplements but how how can you place a large emphasis on supplementation and then not include a lot of phytonutrients in your diet because really that's what, what i mean what are supplements if not micronutrients mm-hmm. unless of course you're dealing with protein powders and things like that mm-hmm. but you know vitamins minerals and a lot of these um, very specific nutrients are you know micronutrients so i think the two are you know mm-hmm. yes i I will not go a day without eating vegetables. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But was it always that way? Um, pretty early on, I just I felt a need with all that protein. It just it seemed kind of innate, like just kind of natural. I mm-hmm. just it wasn't balanced. Um, there were times when I was eating less vegetables, and I started noticing more indigestion and things like mm-hmm. that. And when there's plenty of vegetables in your diet, there's no reflux or anything like that. Um, and I think a lot of guys, this is something that they experience with a high protein intake and stuff. Um, a lot of guys, if you talk to them, oh, I have a lot of problems with reflux and digestion, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And I think that if they just change that one simple thing and included more vegetables in their diet, especially you know, when I say vegetables, not, you know, I'm talking about going beyond just like an iceberg mm-hmm. lettuce salad, mm-hmm. something, you know, substantial leafy greens and whatnot. It would, it would really change things for him. And I've had people tell me that, mm-hmm. oh, I started eating more uh, spinach or kale and, oh man, I feel so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. And that, that is kind of woven in there somewhere is, is um, feeling as good as you look. Like a lot of guys, they'll, they'll get bigger, they'll get stronger, but they don't necessarily feel good. Are you surprised by how good you feel given how big you are? I feel pretty good. Uh-huh. <laughs> Glad to hear that. <clears throat> um, you know, I, I've uh, I mean, right now I'm almost 290 pounds, and I I feel good. I mean, I can't go out and run a 5K, um, probably. Right? I'd be in some pain. <laughs> that's that's we're actually going to do that next. Yeah. That's the next video Good that we're going to do. Oh, good. <laughs> um, but overall, I, I feel good. I sleep well. Um, I've I've been fortunate to not really have any muscle tears or any kind of acute injuries. And again, I think that that, again, goes back to nutrition. I think if you do, you know, you keep the tissue healthy, stay hydrated, eat well, I think it has a lot to do with the integrity of your, of your tissue. Mm -hmm. Sure. 
Sure. Yeah, I, I want to go back to the to to when you were a, a younger guy starting mm-hmm. out too, because it's not it's not very often that we have the opportunity to talk with somebody who, you know, is at a truly elite level in their sport, and it's mm-hmm. it's just always interesting to me to to th- um, try to envision that pathway from hey, this is something I like to hey, this is something that you know any given day I'm one of the top ten, fifteen in the world at. Um, so. I don't know. Bring bring us back to to you before before you're a bodybuilder. You grew up in Connecticut, right? Trumbull, Connecticut. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a what kind what kind of town is that? What kind of what kind of uh, bodybuilding culture is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you know, the, if anything, maybe football is, is uh-huh. more pertinent there. But uh, being being in the tri-state area, you know, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, there is a fairly decent bodybuilding culture mm-hmm. uh, in the Northeast. Um. Growing up, I think a lot of it had to do with growing up in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you look at what was going on in the 80s, it was bodybuilding was cool. Muscle was cool. It was accepted. Um, even cartoons. I mean, look at the cartoons that I watched right. when I was growing up. Yeah. He-Man and Thundercats. And every, everybody was jacked. Uh-huh. You know, and I had these action figures. Mm-hmm. And I said, these guys look cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, saw, I saw a guy dressed up as He-Man in this full body suit on <laughs> Halloween the other night. And it reminded me, um, yeah, just just how extreme that was at the time, and how kind of normal it is now. Like I look at that guy, I'm like, I think I work with that guy. Oh no, no, it's He Man. It's actually He Man. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was uh, we were bombarded with that constantly. There was a lot of muscle back then. Mm-hmm. And I think that it had a lot to do with it. I mean, I grew up in a family as well. My uncle, my, my father's younger brother, was a WWF wrestler. Oh, okay. Um, what, was his, what was his name? Um, his stage name was Paul Roma. Paul Roma. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And my father and and he don't they don't really get along uh, so okay we don't really see him or anything but um you know and my father was always muscular and strong and you know i think it shaped your idea of of what masculinity is supposed to be mm-hmm. and um as a kid you know you just you watching arnold schwarzenegger and he's kicking ass and mm-hmm. that's cool and mm-hmm. you say okay I, I like that i, I identify mm-hmm. with that so so were, that was something you had an interest in but were you like were you a scrawny kid i was a, or? I, was a I was a fat kid okay mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. so, so body um, so bodybuilding was a different sort of outlet then for that not the classic like sand kicked in the face skinny kid no 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 i could beat up kids five years older than me uh-huh. when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> if you it chose was, to if i chose to it was it was <laughs> so bodybuilding was never like a um I want to get strong so I can seek revenge or anything like that. It mm-hmm. was just something that I saw as a physical ideal. And I really just looked at it and thought, that looks awesome. I really like the way that it looks. The result or the, or the, the lifting product? No, just the, just the physique itself. Yeah. I thought it was a very just, just looked great. And still to this day, I do. When I see, if I look at a trophy, mm-hmm. I can look at it and say, wow, that looks awesome. That is, or an that action is, figure. It's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's cool. Uh-huh. Um, so for me, truth be told, I would have just been happy being skinny. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I reached a certain point going into high school, I got talked into going out for freshman football. Mm -hmm. So there's all the summer and spring, the spring and summer training and all the the running and the drills, et cetera, et cetera. And all my friends, you know, I never really took much of an interest in sports. I couldn't Mm -hmm. really be bothered. I was always active outside doing stuff, but, um, I was never really into team, Mm -hmm. team, anything. So I got talked into going and I did and went through all the training, all the, the summer and spring, the spring and summer stuff. Come fall, come time to play. I just didn't, I just had no interest, but I realized that I loved all that training, mm-hmm. the running, the drills, this, that, mm-hmm. the, the weight, the weights. Um, so at that point I started, I, I said, screw it with football. Mm-hmm. Just walked away. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Nah, I, I got hounded, you know, by uh-huh. the coaches and stuff. And, <laughs> How could you? <laughs> Cause I was, I was a good size kid. Right. Um, yeah. And probably had I taken an interest in it and actually wanted to pursue it, I probably would have been halfway decent at it. But I just mm-hmm. had no until you got interest injured. In it. Like we, we we have these transformation stories we publish on the site all the time. I can't tell you how many times I've heard somebody say, "Football introduced me to lifting." Then I got totally fucked up by football. Yep. And then lifting was all I had left. I've heard that. You know, yep. mm-hmm. but that wasn't you. You 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 were ahead <laughs> of the curve on that one. Glad yeah, I got I got out early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I actually just started running. Mm-hmm. I worked my way up to running like six miles a day and I lost like 70 pounds in a year and I had no clue what I was doing with eating. It was just like starve yourself and run as much as you could. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I was, I was skinny, but I wasn't, I was like, oh, I'm going to be, once I lose this weight, I'm going to be ripped. And you know, I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't ripped. I didn't look the way that I, I had So you weren't lifting during that time. So you kind of stopped no. and just- like I was okay. just running okay. and it was like running in starvation and that was it. Yep. And when I lost <laughs> yep. all this weight, I was, I was in shape and yep. I felt good. Um, but I said, okay, I think I need to, to weight train now mm-hmm. if I'm going to look the way I want to look. Mm-hmm. 
and that finally, just turned finally into... had to walk into the weight room. Yeah. Huh? Okay, so was this like in a school weight room or in the base classic basement with the Arnold poster? Or... Yeah, I started out in my uncle's basement. Uh-huh. He had an Olympic bench and he had some York dumbbells. Uh-huh. Uh, they went up to like maybe sixty, mm-hmm. and um, what else did he have? He had a Universal station. Uh-huh. So I made do with that, and I, I rode my bike to his house like every day, you know, and just train next to the washer and dryer. Mm-hmm. And, was um, he guiding you through? Yeah, this did he though? program for you, or how'd you? Would you know what to do? I would try to get him to like come down, but he couldn't really be bothered. He was working all yeah. the time, and um, how did I? I? I picked. I had a book. You know what I had? I had this book. It was like a book of exercises. You know, it would, it would like it was like illustrated, and it would show. Mm-hmm the bodybuilder at like the start midpoint and finish mm-hmm. of the exercise. And I just would sit there. I would, I would just like study it as I worked out. I can't tell you how many times I looked at that book. Um, this is like a 1970s kind of, kind of book or it was this spiral book. Uh-huh. Probably came with it with the bench or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> I bought it at a, at a weight store. Oh, I had cool. an introduction uh-huh. by Bill Pearl. Uh-huh. Oh, um, hey, that's a good start. I almost feel like it was probably easier to get started like in the 80s and early 90s because there were fewer, fewer things. Yeah, Absolutely. like now, if you were to type in, like Google search, like how to get started, you're going to get a million hits. Right. Like where do you even start? And you're so, so you just right. could yeah. get a book. And half the people are trying to convince you that to perform at an elite level. Yeah. Like a book might actually help to speak to you yeah, when you're like at the level you're you at. You just Absolutely. want to do a basic squat, but instead you're going to get 400 variations mm-hmm. on a squat Judge and for none of them yeah and none of them are going to be like a basic sit down stand up squat and, and you, before just... you even try doing the squat you're just going to be confused yeah exactly so you you had like a bench press bench or did you have a squat rack there too no there was a bench but there was there was this it was a squat rack. It was mm-hmm. just welded steel, like had like steps mm-hmm. in it, you know? With a dip station on the back, right? I think I've heard you talk about that. Was, that. that was a bench that I bought later. Oh, I okay. got my dad to buy it uh-huh. for me one year for Christmas. Nice. I love that. I used the shit out of that bench. Uh-huh. Um, so it was just in the basement. And, um, you know, I think it, it was a blessing because years later, my cousin was working at a gym and they gave him one free, they gave him one free membership mm-hmm. to give to a family member or whatever. And he gave it to me. It became evident to me then because, you know, you go into this gym and there's all this all you have now have access to all this shit that you didn't before. Right. And what I found was after like a couple of weeks of it, I was just doing what I was doing in the basement mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> because really only having a barbell dumbbells. Yeah, I did have a cable, but um, I learned how to do exercises with with just that. So you had the barbell row and you had a dumbbell row and deadlift and squat and mm-hmm. you you know even I don't even think there was a hamstring curl so I had to use a dumbbell, you know, between my feet to mm-hmm. do a hamstring curl and it was great. That was great because it teaches you all the fundamentals and you um you learn that way. So when I went to the gym and I saw, oh, man, you could just mainly take half the shit and just throw it out because mm-hmm. none of it's really useful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a blessing starting off with with not much and mm. and these the, the classic animal lifting videos and even these videos they feel like they they, they they take place in these, you know, wood paneled gyms that feel like an uncle's basement sort of. That's the best stuff. People it, it's it's really such a shame that gyms like that have gone gone goodbye Mm -hmm. because there's just such a sense of community in gyms like that and it's just people it's raw and it's raw in such a good way because it's basic and you know whether it's just guys or it's guys and it's girls nobody cares you know what i mean no one's worried about what someone else is wearing Mm -hmm. or uh, if someone's overweight nobody gives a shit right. like it's what do you got a goal and you're working towards it great you're accepted mm-hmm. you know and it's just there's no sense of community in any of these corporate type gyms and mm-hmm. it's just weird it maybe it's just maybe it's a, it's a societal mm-hmm. reflection sure. too just where we are as a society well but. yeah and one of the things that, that bugs me about new gyms is they all have the same things it seems yeah. like whereas those sorts of gyms when i when i watch you there's um there's some other videos that frank mcgrath is in, in some of these gyms where he's like Oh wow! I can't believe they have this one thing. They have this one totally weird thing that no is no place else. Maybe it's some handle or it's some pullover machine or some crazy, you know. You know, and how great is that? Because a lot of times those things came from members. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a member who was a welder mm-hmm. or something like that, and they 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 thought of something, a way to try to improve what they were doing. Mm-hmm. It was heartfelt and it was it was real. You know what I mean? Who who goes to? The, no one is even thinking about that now. Mm-hmm. They go to the gym. They use what's there and. That's it. There's no thought beyond it. But there was a sincere, like a genuine desire to improve things and to be better and to, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. 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 So so who was the first bodybuilder that you knew? 
Oh, gee, that's a good question. Professional? Just the, the first one that kind of showed you, oh, okay, this person is not just a lifter. They're a like bodybuilder. Uh, sort of uh, your, your first vision of in, into a, that world. Yeah, the, the first gym that my cousin got me a membership to, there was a mm-hmm. guy working out there. And he was probably the first guy I saw that really looked like a body. He had, he did, he had a very small waist mm-hmm. and a very big chest. And, you know, when he, he would wear shorts that were pretty short. And, you know, you could see a great quads. Mm-hmm. And, he, so yeah, he, he, he looked, was wearing it. He was and he was confident. always tan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked like a bodybuilder. Yeah. 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 Mm. So did you did you interact with him or is he just sort of a, a something that you could just look at? And... A little bit. But, I mean, th- that's another thing, too. I mean, that was so, like a, if you were going to interact with a guy at the gym, that was something you kind of earned. And it took mm-hmm. place over the course of maybe, you know, a, a year or two. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You, you weren't going to go up to the guy and bother him because you, you had respect for him. Right. Right? You weren't going to disrupt his his workout. And, and in reality, you're thinking to yourself, well, who am I to go up to him? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to wait until I have something really meaningful to ask him and mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure that it was worth bothering him for. It's and not I, just like, what muscle does that work? <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, that's something that's changed too now yeah. because with, with the access to people via social media, the I think the respect for other people's time and their interaction has really decreased mm-hmm. because people will, um, I mean, I don't, I don't mind it. I'm not offended by it. But I, I feel like it's ridiculous. I mean, people will just say, you know, they'll send me like a direct message on Instagram. I'll say, hey, you mind putting together like a, a workout for me? Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll get right, right. on it. <laughs> I, I, would... I don't have anything else to do with my time. Instagram and Twitter, they, the, the wild is something. like, hey, I really want to lose 10 pounds. What do I do? Yeah. And you just yeah. get thrown into a conversation that has nothing to do with that. Which to me is just so absurd. Mm-hmm. Just somebody who's just kind of lost. Mm-hmm. Too. And I don't think they even really care right. about your answer. I think they're just... I've had people, you know, the classic thing is you're out someplace and somebody comes up to you and they're like, and they've got a drink in their hand and like, Hey, how do I lose, I don't lose this, you know, <laughs> get that. <laughs> they got their guts sticking. How do I lose this thing? And you're like, ah, oh, I just, so you know, you do that cold therapy where they, they freeze it oh, and the then freeze massage it, it yep. off. That's freeze what you fat. do. Yep. It's like, come on, why? Let's just talk about something else. Right. Because you're not really yeah. asking me this seriously. Right. I would never do that to someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we're we're still at the beginning of that story. Now you are that guy, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how do we get from one to one to the other? Like, who who uh, who guided you from from point A to point B, or, or did you guide yourself? I was I was always very lucky mm-hmm. in that I had people willing to offer me their help along the way. I was always very diligent. I was very serious in my effort, and. Um, when I had someone that was willing to help or whatever, I think it made a big difference. And you saw the value in there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was, I had just graduated college and I was like one year, one year out of college and I was training at a local world gym and there was a guy who joined. I was a member before him. I don't know where he came from. And, uh, at the time I didn't know where he came from, but he was a big guy and we became friendly and we started working out together. And I knew, I knew that he had competed. And uh, as we became friends, we started training together regularly. He said, listen, you, know, you should really do a, do a show. And I said, well, it's something I've thought about. Like, that would be cool. Like, I'd like to do it eventually, but I don't really know much about it. So you were training like a, like a bodybuilder, had a split yes. at that point. Like oh, all yeah. through college you trained, yeah, but throughout co- never yeah. thought about competing. I thought about it, but I didn't know the first step. I okay. couldn't even tell you what the NPC was. I always say I was such a terrible fan of bodybuilding in that like I never bought magazine subscriptions you bought action figures <laughs> <laughs> I bought food yeah, uh, yeah. I was gonna ask what your diet like food, what, exactly. so if you were training but what was your diet I mean were you still following kind of the a pretty clean eating style or were you know I mean especially in college too what were you well, I, I lived home so I was able to eat well mm-hmm. um I learned early on the, the value of nutrition mm-hmm. um because once once I had got over the whole you know, running thing and semi <laughs> yeah. anorexia. <laughs> um, trying to get Nick to be over this whole running thing hasn't gotten. The I'm, memo not, I'm yet. not obsessed with it. I just <laughs> I, I, I like it. it a little bit. I know <laughs> it's 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 a great feeling. It, Run, running in the hills and the mountains is so beautiful. There's just there's, it there's, is, there's um, it is. I love the gym too, but man, there's nothing quite like being well, running. Is excellent. Yeah. It really is great. Once I finally got over that and I realized that I needed to eat, and I just like 
exploded mm -hmm. from then on. I really, oh, wow, food, this is important So it was stuff. just like a quantity thing too. Mm -hmm. It was like, quantity, but I always, I grew and growing up, I always ate pretty well. We didn't eat a lot of crap. Like my mom didn't buy, I mean, my mom would buy like Raisin Bran and Total and like my cousin got all the cool shit. He lived next door and he got like Apple Jacks. And <laughs> I would, so I'd go over and eat, eat his stuff. But <laughs> so my mom, my mom would never really buy bad stuff. Mm -hmm. So I always ate fairly well. You know, and it was always kind of like looked down upon, like eating a lot of processed stuff or, you know, we never ate like frozen meals or anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, so throughout college, yeah, I, I ate a lot. I ate pretty well. And I grew. I grew. And trained I hard. got big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got up to like 285 at one point. Granted, I was a little fat, but mm -hmm. strong, very strong. And um, so now it's after college and I'm in a little bit better shape and I'm probably like in the 260s or so. And. Uh, he said, dude, you know, you should do a show. Okay, cool. There's one coming up in 10 weeks. Great show. Perfect for you. Do it. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. I'll do it. Is it a little show? Mm, no, actually, looking <laughs> back, it's, it's a good one. It's, uh, um, it's in New York, and all the New York shows are strong because mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot right. of competition. Yeah. And uh, an NPC show, okay. NPC Atlantic States, and mm -hmm. um, it's a pretty strong show. And along the way, everyone's like, what show are you getting ready for now? Tell me, oh, why are you doing that one? That's your first show? That's mm -hmm. that's." You know, plus you can't win that show unless you train at Bev's gym. And, you know, I heard all every reason along the way why I shouldn't do it. So, um, but I still just did. And again, I think it was my ignorance that saved me. I didn't really know mm -hmm. much. I just did it. Um, because really, if you go to, if, if you're someone who's never competed before and you go to a bodybuilding competition and you see what the guys look like in, mm -hmm. in top form, you say, oh my God, mm -hmm. Wow. Even now, if I go to a show, even if I go to a local show and I see guys, you know, in shape, I say, wow, he looks very impressive. So for someone who was 23 years old, never competed, had I gone to that show and seen, say, the past winners, I probably would have been totally freaked out. I said, there's no way I can compete with those guys. Um, not realizing that I could, too, get in that type of, mm -hmm. of form. Sure. So I died it for the show. I did it. Uh, I ended up being like 225 on the dot. Wow. I was at the top of the heavies. And I was peeled mm -hmm. i mean i busted ass for that show i was i suffered i remember i remember being three weeks out from that show you get to that point where like you're driving in your car and you get someplace and you have to get out and you're like oh i can't move <laughs> like not because you're tired there's just this something is like you're anchored yeah. it takes you like 10 minutes to move every time you have to move um and did your friend who convinced you to do it did he program that for you I like remember, no, I was always I was always good at making for, myself suffer. Okay. I never had a okay. problem like Interesting. With feeling yeah. pain yeah. and things like that. <laughs> See, and, but that's what I think it, the hurdle is for a lot of people too. You think like, oh yeah, you know, they they look at the, the physiques on stage and they say, oh, I could never do that. But then when you're hanging out in a bodybuilding gym and you see the um, extent to which people are willing to suffer for it, that could also just scare you away if you're if you're not ready for it. But yeah. you seem like you were you were on board. You have to like pain to some right. degree. <laughs> and I, I always, I guess probably because I always associated pain with progress mm -hmm. or growth or whatever it is that I embraced it. I always figured, okay, that hurt like hell. That had to be good for something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I ended up winning the heavyweight class and I won the overall. And um, it was one of the, still to this day, one of the most awesome experiences of my life. It was one of the most meaningful shows I've ever competed in. It was something I'll never forget. And uh, after it was over, I just went back to life and just went back to working. And I had really had no further um, expectations or aspirations or like, oh, now I'm qualified. I'm going to go to this show. It was just something I wanted to do. And it really was only going to be something I just did once just to do it. Um, so about a full year went by and, uh, I went to watch the nationals in Atlanta. Someone talked me into going, I said, you know, you should go and watch this show because I think you should compete in it. And I think if you go and watch it, you'll feel like you could compete in it. So I went, I saw it. Okay. Cool. A lot of mm -hmm. guys that look bigger and better than I think I do. Mm -hmm. um, so on the way back, I'm sitting in the airport and uh, Dave Palumbo ends up sitting next to me and we get talking and, oh yeah, you won the Atlantic States and, oh, you, you what are you doing next? I don't know, nothing, no plans. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you should do the junior nationals. Okay. When's that? June. All right. So we, we decide, well, I'll help you for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I do it, and you I end up. You were back up at like what two sixty, two eighty. Yeah, now point? yeah, probably back around two eighty. Okay, mm -hmm. and uh, again, not in like great shape. Like I never mm -hmm. tried to stay in like any kind of shape at an off season. I just was mm -hmm. big and strong, mm -hmm. and um, he helps me for that show, and I end up uh, 
winning the super heavyweight, the super heavy class, and the overall. So then it started. I started to think, okay, maybe um, I should do another yeah. show. Yeah. I'm pretty good at <laughs> this. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's a so career bad. in here. I mean, well, even then, I still wasn't thinking career. I uh-huh. still it wasn't really even on my mind. But I, uh, you know, Dave said, "Look, you just won the junior nationals. You absolutely have to." do the nationals later. And just to give you an idea of where my mind was at, um, my girlfriend at the time, now wife mm-hmm. was with me at the, the junior nationals. And we'd always, we had only been together at the time, like six months or so. So it was kind of like a, like a crazy introduction, you know, because like a prep and everything. And it's very, it's very out of the ordinary. So, um, you know, she had come out to Chicago with me to the junior nationals and the night I won, Steve Blackman, the owner of Muscular Development, said, oh, I want you to come to California tomorrow because I want to shoot you for a cover. And I said, oh, okay, that's cool. And um, I remember thinking, because I said to Dave, well, what about Erica? Because I don't want to send her home by herself. You know, she's been with me this whole time. Right. And uh, I feel like that would be, you know, messed up. Mm-hmm. Just say, oh, okay, I got to do a photo shoot now. I'll see you at home. Um so when I talked to Steve, I actually said to him, well, I'll come, but you have to, you know, you have to pay for Erica, which isn't really a big deal. Right. But at the time only being, I think I was only 24 at the time. And I look back and I probably, most people wouldn't really have had some, some guy calls you and gives you a cover opportunity. Like, yeah, well, I'll come, but you're going to do this for me. Cause I really didn't care to be honest. If he said no, I would have gone home. I didn't care. Um, because again, I wasn't thinking like, "Oh, I'm going to make a career out of this." Right. Yeah. Like she, she, even even then, she was more important, mm-hmm. you know, uh, than that. So, um, but he said, "Yeah, sure, no problem." <laughs> and she came, and uh, it was it was cool. And I got on the cover of of magazine. And later on that year, I did the nationals, and I didn't win. I took uh, second to the guy. We were both in the super heavy class, mm-hmm. and he ended up winning the overall, and he was tremendous. Um, but I came back the next year and I, once, once I took runner up at the first nationals, I said, okay, well now it makes sense. I have to do it again. Mm -hmm. I think that's when it became, keep going back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so between that first one though, and then the third one, fifth one, seventh one mm -hmm. did, was there less pain or did you, did you figure out like, oh my God, I did it so wrong the first time or is it, or did you kind of think, okay, yeah, that, this is really part of it. Yeah, I kind of did it, did it the right way for me every time. Well, I've had a couple, you know, each prep is a little different. Mm-hmm. I've had some that hurt like hell, like it's just so bad <laughs> and some that weren't so bad. And there, it wasn't always correlated with how well I looked. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it was really, it's tough to figure. Um, did I do it perfectly the first time around? No, but I got to say, I, I, I hit it pretty good. Mm-hmm. It hurt, but I looked really good. It was some of the best conditioning I ever, I ever achieved. But, you know, as you progress, it, it's such a, there's such an emphasis in bodybuilding on size. So right. there's that ever present pressure, bigger, bigger, bigger. Um, and sometimes conditioning ends up taking a back seat to it, which I don't prefer. I like the look of, of super hard and mm-hmm. super conditioned, even if it's a little smaller, mm-hmm. but you know, that's mm-hmm. that. Has your training and diet changed a lot with the prep or has it been, obviously, like you said, with each prep, it's a little bit different. So, you know, assuming that there's tweaks, but I've no, you know, heard some competitors, they might try uh, more of like a keto approach or they'll go a few weeks where they'll go keto during a prep or um, one prep they did all their cardio was uh, low intensity steady state. And then another prep they did all hit. Um, and, and so they, they're constantly trying different um methods um have you been pretty consistent on all of it or have you tried some different things that's a good question you know the first time around was uh it was kind of it was high protein mm, low carb low fat Mm -hmm. and then when i you know when i worked with dave it was a keto approach and it worked well you know to be honest i i don't feel that the keto approach is is ideal for bodybuilding um for a couple reasons mainly because when you when you attempt to carb up for the show, 
your body because you haven't been consuming large quantities of carbohydrates. And now all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm going to carb up. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's an enzymatic deficiency or what is, but the body just doesn't really, if you cut anything out of your diet for a long period of time and then reintroduce it, the body just doesn't Mm -hmm. take it well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're eating all these carbs and rather than getting full and hard and tight, you're just farting a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that from people. They say, yeah, keto's great. It's when you go back to carbs, right. that your body just goes, hey, 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 I thought we were going the yeah, other way No, now. it's like when you take out <laughs> dairy, um, the same oh, thing, and you put it back in. It's, nightmare. you know, yeah, like you said, it's it's all enzymes. So your body has enzymes that break down carbs, like it breaks down dairy or anything else, and or protein or fat. And when you start to limit that, your body's not going to be making those enzymes because it's conserving energy why would it waste it making those so yeah exactly like you said that just not going to function correctly so yeah you're bloated you're farting it's just not pretty it doesn't doesn't work out good (laughs) but i have to say throughout the 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 process in the prep using a ketogenic diet you feel very good Mm -hmm. i felt great using a ketogenic diet my my energy was very stable mood is stable sleep great pain goes away Mm -hmm. because i think your inflammation is so low from the absence of all the carbohydrates well greased up by Mm -hmm. fat yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i think it's actually um dare i say healthy a healthy Mm -hmm. way to eat Mm -hmm. Um, I just hate to eliminate any one thing, mm-hmm. you know, for too long or whatever, because I do think carbs have their benefit. I do think they keep your metabolism up. Um, we live in a world of carbs too. I mean, you're, you're committing to being an outsider at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, although it, it's actually very easy to follow a ketogenic mm-hmm. diet. You'd be surprised because so long as you, like, you can get protein anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, a chicken breast, a piece of fish, et cetera. And a salad is always available or a side of vegetables and something like nuts, you could even buy at a, sure. at a mm-hmm. gas station. So you, it's, it's not hard to pull it together. Um, but yeah, you will get, um, you're going to be, I mean, judged, you will be judged. <laughs> people will judge you. <laughs> or you're just, you're, you know, you're going to be eating different than your kids, eating yeah. different than right. your friends. You're kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm going to just watch all the rest of this yeah. forever. No more, no more beer. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't think it's good to just eliminate something indefinitely. And that goes for for veganism mm-hmm. or anything. I just think that anything that's too extreme, um, you know, if, if you were going to say, well, you know what, I think that the overconsumption of animal protein is not good for you, which I would probably tend to agree with you. I would say, OK, great. But what's to what's to preclude you from ever again having an egg or a piece of fish if it was once a week, if it was once a month to say I'm never, ever going to have it again, I think is is um, is crazy, to mm-hmm. be honest, especially with eggs. Egg. <laughs> I love eggs. Love. And, and to be honest, I, I don't I think that you are meant to consume animal protein from an evolutionary perspective. Mm-hmm. I don't think veganism makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. But I could but I can certainly understand the things that they find um, that they have an issue with, and whether it's the treatment of animals. Yeah, a lot of it's terrible. Um, and even the argument about domesticated versus wild animals say, well, you're not, you know, from an evolutionary perspective, there were no domesticated chickens and cows. It was different animals. So yes, that makes sense too. I, I, I get that. But, um, I don't think that, I don't think it's beneficial to forever remove animal, an animal protein source from your diet. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I, w- I want to talk a little bit more about, about size, um, just because I think it's so interesting to pe- people think of a guy like you, they, they just focus on, he's so much bigger than me, right? So now you, you've been that, that runner guy, and then you got up to 280. How, diff- how different did that, did that feel, just to add whatever, 100 pounds, like day in, day out? Does it, does it feel fundamentally different? Well, I think because I was a bigger kid growing up, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have friends that hit 220, and they're like, oh, my God, I'm so out of breath. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I can carry weight pretty well. I think I'm, I'm kind of suited for it, I think, because I don't think I'm meant to be 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like at 150 pounds or 160, oh my God, I felt like lightning. Right. I yeah. felt like I weighed nothing. It was, uh, it was actually felt good in a way. Mm-hmm. But um, I think even if I f- were to stop weight training now. Uh, or just stop eating like a Yeah, stop eating. Like, I don't think I'd ever be under 220 or mm-hmm. something like that. I, I remember asking this, something like this to Jay Cutler once, and he was sort of like, yeah, my, my natural weight somewhere around 220, 230 probably. Yeah, yeah Jay, but, Jay's yeah. a perfect example. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's not a, he's not a little guy. Mm-hmm. Right, um, right. But is that, is that where you'd put your, your natural weight? If you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to stop doing, you know, eating to keep this up, training to keep this up. You just fall down to about that I point. I think if I ate three meals a day and stopped working out, I would still be mm-hmm. well over 220. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Hmm. Interesting. So f- f- did I feel different at 280? I was a, felt a lot more powerful. Sure. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But to, to, be, to be honest, I mean, so we're talking two extremes, right. 160 or 280. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably felt better at 160. Hmm. But it depends on what you ask me. Uh, mm-hmm. Better... Um, well, know, just walking around, yeah, better at 160. What about like better with 500 pounds up? on my yeah, back? Exactly. Better at you know. What about like you know gardening or picking a kid up off the ground? How, how oh, well does sure. your body serve you for that sort of stuff? Oh, it's okay. I, I yeah, it's um. I mean, well, to give you an example, earlier on in, in the year, like it was it was springtime, and I had oh geez, it was a lot of dirt. It was like maybe <laughs> 15 yards of dirt delivered to the house. Um, some was for the garden, some needed to be spread in the front of the house, et cetera. And uh, a friend of mine who's a young, young power lifter, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's by maybe like 190 or so. He's in, he's in good shape. He's young, maybe 21 or so. And uh, he, he does landscaping and things like that. So I said, well, yeah, I've, I've got work for you. Come over, I'll pay you. you know, he's a good worker. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I worked alongside him all day. And I got to say, I, I outworked them. <laughs> right. I could keep going. My stamina is pretty good. Um, but you got that cardio too. Like you, like you got your ritualized cardio. Yeah. Powerlifter might not have that. <laughs> yeah, that might be it. Yeah, but I was. I said, okay. I, I walked away that day feeling pretty good because I said, uh-huh. okay, he's, you know, he's over ten years younger than me. He's a lot lighter than me, and uh, and I I did all that, and then I went and I tried trained legs after. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> nice. and I think too. I mean. Sometimes there's a difference between, well, there's a huge difference, but even someone who's, you know, maybe 180 versus 260, 270, you look at muscle mass or just their training experience, they're going to have someone your size and training experience, higher bone mineral density that's going to weigh more versus someone who's a little bit more sedentary. You know, higher muscle mass is going to carry more water. That's not necessarily going to slow you down or make, you know, activities of daily living any more difficult. So, you know, 250 with a higher muscle mass versus 250 sedentary fat mass, obviously that person's going to be much more miserable. Mm-hmm. So um, I think sometimes when people just hear, geez, you weigh 270, like how are you doing these things? But then visually they're like, oh, that's a, you know, it's a completely different picture of what's what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, Well, and also, I mean, people, um, now, now that serious training seems like it's more popular now than perhaps any at, at any point in my life, you just on TV, online, you just hear people training more intensely and there's this culture of of um, self-care that kind of goes up around it like, oh, I got to go home and do Netflix and stretch or I got my, my torture devices. I'm always working on the mobility of this or cranking on whatever infraspinatus mm-hmm. in my armpit hurts all the time. How much upkeep do you feel like uh, compared to the, the the normal person on the street you, you, your body requires? More, a lot more than I used to give mm-hmm. it. Although I think the cardio helps a lot. That's such a huge thing. I never used to do cardio in an off season. Not because it was uh, I was lazy or whatever. But I always felt like, you know what? I like to keep things that, um, you know, I don't do them in the off season. That way when I do them pre-contest, I'm very responsive to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was always like, oh, I don't want to start doing it year round. And then I have to do more of it pre-contest or I don't respond well to it. But not doing it now and it's not from a, a fat loss perspective it's not like i'm doing it because i'm trying to stay in shape but doing it because you know blood flow is so important and just you know getting your lymphatic system going and circulation movement. and movement yeah. the body is meant to move mm-hmm. and you know now I, I do a lot of work on the computer and stuff with, with the, i have a lot of clients with help with nutrition etc and so i find myself sitting at a desk all day and that is terrible oh my god i feel like that's like the one-way ticket to death mm-hmm. So <laughs> preaching to the choir. Here. <laughs> so how do, how do you how do you do it? Do you stand, sit, kneel, move around? Oh, I make sure I do cardio mm-hmm. regularly, and then also I get up every so often, mm-hmm. walk around, stretch, go outside, get some fresh air, quick. Okay, go back inside, whatever it is. Um, personally, I feel like if, if I did manual labor every day mm-hmm. for the rest of my life, I feel like I'd live forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that just just inactivity is one of the worst things. Even if you go to the gym and you work out hard for an hour a day, it's um it's great, but it's still it's uh I don't want to say it's not enough, but when you're just I think active all the time, the body just loves movement, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's ideal. Sure. I, I, I wish I wish I was on my feet all day and mm-hmm. you know, like I don't know. Right up, right up until you're actually doing it seven days a week, working a construction yeah, crew. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, oh, I take hates it back. It. <laughs> I take it all back. I, know, I mean, but, that, but that's, it's an interesting narrative to dig into. Yeah, because it, um, I feel like hard training does sort of glamorize manual labor, but manual labor also, you know, develops 
a hump on your back and things like that, you know? So there's, yeah, it's, we're, we're privileged to be able to sort of pretend to do that right. sort of stuff on a certain no, I, level, I you know? Um, I don't know. One, one, one other thing that's interesting talking to somebody who competes at a high level on this, and I'm, I'm reading a book right now um, uh, that, uh, 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 by a guy who's really literary guy. He's a fiction writer and, and, a, and an editor, but also was really seriously into bodybuilding when he was younger. And he talks about how, like, you know, people think this is just a bunch of bros, but you don't get it. This is actually, you know, performance art at the highest level like a ballet dancer, like somebody else, not just like in the classic, oh, my body's a sculpture, I'm doing this. But, <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's a totally artistic expression. Do, when, as you got more serious, did that make sense to you? Or do you still kind of go, oh, no, this is just me doing what I love? Well, I, was, I can tell you that I was never one of those guys who, I mean, I, I've met guys who, they didn't even care if they won or not. They're like, I just want to do my routine at night. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was, I was, that was never me. Just for myself, <laughs> Jim. <laughs> um, you know, you could have given me the training and, and all that. And I could have died for the show. And if the contest took place in the gym, I'd have been happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was really never one for theatrics or really the limelight or even performing, you know, mm-hmm. cause for me, it was always like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm in front of a crowd really kind of standing in my underwear. Mm-hmm. Like that's for me, it's not, um, you know, it's not, I don't know. It's not natural mm-hmm. to me. I'm not, no. I'm not that. I'm not. <laughs> but if you're on board it with, the, with the competition, then it's oh, you like, got to do it. Yeah. No, if yeah. you're like, oh no, I, I want to win. Hey, then that's the price you pay, right? For me, it was always it was more of a formality. It was like, okay, right. this is what it takes, and this it's is not what I'm so much do. like I'm training to put on this outfit. It's <laughs> no. more of you know to see the kind of the final package, which happens to include having to wear this. No, you no, you, but... you, you take a magnet, you put the posing food <laughs> posing suit on the fridge, so you have to look at it every time you're going to go into the. That's gym. what I do for spring break. Put up the bathing suit, like stay out of the fridge. <laughs> I think there's there's two kinds of people. There's the people that they train for the show. Mm-hmm. And then there's the people that train for the training. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they like the training and the dieting. And then there's other people that they, they they do that just to get to the to the final to the stage. And for me, it was always okay. Look, I I like the training, I like mm-hmm. the dieting, and I would mm-hmm. do that whether I was going to get on stage or not. Mm-hmm. I think those are the ones that are successful because yeah. that's how you continue to do it, show after show after show, mm-hmm. and especially because if you're you're not going to be successful every single show, you. I just don't think you're going to win every single time. And the only way to get back and do another show after you lose a show is to actually enjoy the process of doing it. You have to like doing it mm-hmm. or at least love to hate it or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> something. right. Yeah. But, but at the same time, I, does the show even, is it necessary after a while? Like when, when was the last time you competed? Was 2015? I competed, no, I competed earlier this year okay. in, uh, in Ohio at the Arnold and mm-hmm. then also oh, that's right. yeah, at the that's Arnold right. in uh, mm-hmm. Melbourne in mm-hmm. uh, Australia. Um, is it necessary? I think it is. I think, um, to some degree mm-hmm. because training just to get in shape or training for a show are definitely two different animals. Mm-hmm. And I don't think train Look, when you know, okay, in 16 weeks, I'm going to be on that stage in my underwear. Mm-hmm. Being out of shape is not an option. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you, it is com- constantly on your mind. Training to get in shape you know, okay, well, so-and-so's birthday, um, if I have a piece of cake, maybe it won't kill me. Mm-hmm. It's different. It's just it's just different. Although I suppose, you know, if, if you were just going to – can you – can a person approach it this with the exact same way with the same seriousness and diet for a show or just diet the exact same way they would for a show? I suppose they could. Um, but for me, I think where I'm at in my career, it's good to do. And uh, I actually have – come to, to like it mm-hmm. more. And plus, I mean, it, it puts you in front of people, sure. you know, and mm-hmm. it allows engagement with, with, with people and that's, that's valuable. I mean, yeah. as a, as a pro bodybuilder, you're, you're a, a relatively young guy still. Like you look at, you know, um, yeah, there, there are guys on the Olympia stage who are well into their forties these days. Does, does the idea of doing it? All right. Another 10 years, another 12 <laughs> years. Does that make you go, Oh, wait, 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 not that long. <laughs> are you like, okay, yeah, I could, I think I could maybe do that. Probably like five years ago, I probably said, Oh, I got five more years. And yeah. now I'm there and I'm like, well, I, I feel good. Um, interesting story. A, a kid that I train, his wife is the head of an ultrasound unit at a hospital, not far from me. Mm-hmm. And he asked me one day, he said, would you be willing to come up like a Saturday morning? She knows you've been bodybuilding for a long time and she'd be curious to basically look mm-hmm. inside. Under the skin. Yeah. That'd be fascinating. Yeah. 
Can we do that today too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, hook me up. Um, so I said, yeah, sure. And then I thought about my like, Do I want to know? Because you assume, okay, doing this at this level, there has to be some repercussions. Mm-hmm. Can, does anyone really get away from it? You know, unscathed. So I, although I wasn't expecting to hear anything catastrophic, I was expecting to hear, well, you know, this is the beginning of this, or mm-hmm. this is a little bit enlarged, or you know, I was expecting to hear, well, your heart's a little enlarged, things like that. Um, Surprisingly, uh, she looked at everything, uh, liver, kidneys, <sighs> spleen, pancreas, uh, thyroid. She found a small nodule on my thyroid, which a doctor had told me about in 2009, um, which I don't know. I kind of didn't worry mm-hmm. a lot about. And then another guy came in, came in and he looked at my heart. And they said everything was perfect. Everything's he, he, He's <laughs> <laughs> Well, he said, he goes, I can't believe it. He goes, your heart isn't even enlarged or thick. You know, the, the walls, the thickness, everything looks right. Um, he goes, I'm really surprised considering your size and, and you know, you're a bodybuilder, et cetera, et cetera. Um, she was able to, even able to look uh, at some arteries and check if there was the beginning of plaque formation. She said nothing. Now, I, I don't know the extent of what you can or can't see with mm-hmm. an ultrasound. But she, I said to her, I said, are you sure? You're, you're not seeing, if you saw something, you wouldn't not tell me. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, no, no. She said, believe me, I'm, I'm looking. She was, I live to find things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I was, I, I, I left there surprised, but also feeling really good, feeling like, okay, well, that's good to know. Because I've always tried to be semi-conservative as, as you know, relatively speaking, um, not abuse things mm-hmm. as, as much as possible eat well and it's you know. all veggies this is all just <laughs> the cabbage commission That's is, is uh, endorsing him <laughs> cabbage growers of the united states we see some bodybuilders kind of burn the candle at both ends. oh yeah, yeah. Totally. you know they mm-hmm. they beat up on their body in one regard to be competitive and then they're also you know, i know they do recreational drugs or they mm-hmm. smoke or they drink they don't um they don't eat well so and I don't know, maybe maybe it's not anything that I've done. Maybe it's just pure luck. Mm-hmm. Um, Clean living is underrated. Definitely. Well, yeah. I, I am such a huge believer in living a good life and the power of a good lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Go to bed on time, <laughs> mm-hmm. eat well, you know, try to keep stress under control. Just try to live well. And there's a lot of people that don't live well. And it's not, it doesn't depend on how much money you have. I know people with a lot of money and they don't live well. Um and just the same, I know people who don't have a ton of money, and I think that they do live well. Mm-hmm. I think that I think it's worth a lot. Mm. So, so let's let's bring this around to the to the program that you're doing for us a little bit too. Like this is, it's an intense program. I've I've been working on, you know, I've, I've looked at every every single workout in it, and I don't know who do you, who do you have in mind of, of all these different people in your phase in your career, all the different people you've worked with when you were writing this program in the Iron Intelligence, which I'm going to come out later this week in Bodybuilding.com. We're going to try to get the podcast up next yes. week so that maybe this can all be at the same time. Who who did you have in mind for that person? I definitely had in mind the younger lifter, mm-hmm. somebody who's you know I don't want to say just starting out. It could, it could be someone who's really just literally just starting or someone who's been in the gym for a, a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But then again, to be totally honest, this could be easily applied. I mean, there's things that I need to remind myself of that I did in my basement mm-hmm. <laughs> that I need so to revisit. you too, kind of. That's cool. it, Yeah. It's, you know, the, the fundamentals never really get old mm-hmm. and you really can't hear them enough or practice them enough. So it can really apply to anyone, but it was, it's always most important to me trying to hopefully lend some direction to younger lifters because I think they get a lot of, there's a lot of information and not a lot of knowledge. I think mm-hmm. um, the inter- the internet is great in so many ways. And I mean, I, it's crazy to think I actually saw, you know, people our age, we saw the beginning of the internet. It didn't exist right. before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's done so many great things, but it's also probably confused the shit out of people. Right. <laughs> yes. no, pro- programs are a dime a dozen. We give, we give them away every single day on our site. You yeah. go anyplace else, you can find a million workouts, right. a million programs, muscle gain, fat loss. What can someone expect going, going through this 12 weeks? Well, the, I, I made a 12-week program mm-hmm. right now. It's broken up into gaining strength gaining size and then putting it all together and mm-hmm. maintaining that size and improving your condition. Does it always, does it have to be 
those four, does it have to be four weeks? Well, you know, if, if you're, if you're in week three of the first phase and your strength is climbing and climbing and climbing and into that fourth week, it keeps going. Mm-hmm. Would I want someone to stop? I'd probably say, well, look, you know, take the strength while you've sure. got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, don't say no to it. But this, this was to, for the sake of putting together, you know, a, a, a program. Mm-hmm. Um, so what could you expect? Definitely to get stronger, to reinforce, um, the fundamentals, mm-hmm. Some of these, some of the strength workouts are two movements. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's hammering home. I think home. that's going to uh-huh. be, yeah, I think yeah. it's um, like one of the chest workouts and is of, two movements. Right, and the back workouts yeah, are deadlifts and rows. Yeah, it's when, simple. When I started, effective. yeah, when I started off, I thought I needed 50 exercises. Right. I needed to spend three hours in the gym. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a lot of misguided effort. When I got older and I started surrounding myself with people who knew better than me, mm-hmm. and I learned that there was a difference between quantity and quality and there was a difference between working out and training and there was you know there was learned what intensity actually is and learning look in, in the beginning anything works pretty right. much mm-hmm. you know you could do everything wrong and so long as you don't get injured you're probably going to get a decent result but it's everyone hits the wall some people hit it sooner than others mm-hmm. and the question always becomes okay what do I do now and most people will fail to properly, you know, they don't know what overload Mm -hmm. is or how to induce it. Um, I made it pretty far. And once I started training with certain people, I said, oh, wow, that's what training is. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) and then I had, and then I experienced a whole different level of, of results. Even in like a a two movement workout, you're like, okay, this is, this is Mm -hmm. a lot harder than I expected it to be. You don't need all the bells and whistles. I was getting ready for the New York pro in 2009 and Oscar Ardon, who had previously helped Kai mm-hmm. uh, for a number of shows, he'd asked me, he'd say, okay, well, what do you normally do for legs? And I probably rattled off like, you know, 10 things. Roll out the list of <laughs> things. <laughs> and he was like, wow, that's a lot of stuff. Okay. Well, we're probably going to do like, I don't know, like, like two or three things. And I was like, well, that's it. So we did it. And I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a difference between doing it and doing it. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, I again, I was fortunate to learn, um, mm-hmm. you know, from people. Mm-hmm. But that workout is it? Is it shorter and more intense? That or is it just like it's just more intense? Period. When you're training with with the proper intensity, mm-hmm. you cannot train for so long. It, mm-hmm. It's not. It's not possible. I mean, when you're when 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 a, when a set when a set consists of, you know, okay, you're squatting mm-hmm. and. Uh, you you complete 10 reps and that would normally be where you're going to stop because you're worried that if you go down for another one you're not going to get back up mm-hmm. and he said okay pause you know five seconds breathe okay get a few more mm-hmm. get a few more okay pause again now i'm gonna he's you know now he's now he's almost lifting you through the reps right. and you're you're walking that fine line i can't tell you how many times that we dumped the bar mm-hmm. you know you're walking that line between i'm gonna i'm gonna come back up and i'm not mm-hmm. gonna come back up Mm-hmm. And that is you think you're done training, and he's like, actually, no. Wait a second, you need to do more. Yeah. When everything gives, you know, what I mean, when that's it, when it's done, it, it you you literally fold. Mm-hmm. That's most people won't ever get close to that because mm-hmm. it's not a comfortable place to be. Mm-hmm. It hurts. Mm-hmm. It's your lungs hurt. Everything hurt. Your body, your body is telling you to stop. You want to stop, mm-hmm. but then there has to be that. No, I'm going to keep going. Mm-hmm. That's and I think that's where, that's where all the difference is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is overload. It's a pretty. That's a pretty profound place to hang out too. Like that level of intensity. There's that you know, um, we don't have a lot of that in our lives. And no. there there are three videos in this in this package that are totally they're totally incredible. Um, and they're they're the first three workouts in in the uh, program. So it's like, you know, it's not like hey here now you're gonna go over to this now you're gonna there's no explanation it's just you you're squatting you're deadlifting and you're talking about it talking about that intensity and that headspace um, I was wondering you know yeah as you've gotten older is it is that headspace is that intensity still accessible to you is it more accessible it's or? it's it's actually it's more accessible you don't mind I don't mind the pain anymore that's unfortunately as you get older you start um, you know there's some wear and tear you know so there's there's some no, luckily no acute injuries, but there's some nagging stuff, you know, yeah. and, and you, sometimes you feel like you're walking that line between, you know, okay, I'm going to get that final rep. Or if I go down for that one, is something going to mm-hmm. happen? Am I going down? <laughs> yeah. 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 That might be the last one I ever do. Um, 
but that's cool. That's I mean, at the, that, there's the kind of urgency where your body there's alarm bells going off, and you're like, you know what? Actually, we're gonna make it through it. You know, you know, I, I have friends I've been training with for a while, and I say we 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 kind of laugh. I mean, we're not old. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm 34. And there's not a lot of miles, but there's some hard miles. And we say, geez, well, if we could have our body from when we were 20, <laughs> forget it. We could, we could, you know, rule the world. Right. Oh. Well, thanks for coming and talking with us. Um, we've got a whole bunch of stuff planned for you, I think, over the day. And we're gonna, and by the time this comes out, we'll probably have another video or two. I think some of yeah. them even perhaps humorous. I think we have some good stuff planned <laughs> yeah. for you. Um, but, yeah, go to, go to bodybuilding.com and check out Iron Intelligence. It's a pretty, pretty impressive program that'll uh, rock your world. And how do, how do people find you elsewhere on the internet? You're on Instagram, I know. I'm on Instagram. Uh, I still frequent some of the forums. Mm-hmm. Um, Any forums in particular? I, I use I I go on muscular development. I uh, you know I I went on bodybuilding.com a while ago, mm-hmm. and I was just so used to you know just I I only ever posted on muscular development because I was under exclusive contract with them oh, okay. for so many years right. so I could never post anywhere else I would post there and on animal pack mm-hmm. and then um you know once I was no longer under contract with them I said oh I'm going to I'm going to go you know it's cool and I like to post anywhere so I started looking at uh, bodybuilding.com and I just didn't even know where to start. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, so I never did. It's huge. It's huge. <laughs> I think it's second biggest forum in the world. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it inti- get a bit lost in there. It, in- it intimidated me. Okay. okay. That's your next challenge. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks. Thanks a lot. And um, we'll put some links up on the page to some of the stuff we've been talking about. All right. All right. Thank See you guys. all next time. <laughs>